0: Welcome to the Easy Scaling Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shonda King, and together we'll be exploring how successful entrepreneurs are actually scaling to six figures and beyond. My goal is to bring you conversations that are honest and transparent, and to share the real, raw, nitty gritty details about what works and what doesn't. Hey, welcome. I want to talk about effective outsourcing and delegation today because I get a lot of questions about this. Typically, I get questions like how do I hire? When should I outsource? How do I train people? How do I get them, you know, up to speed on what they should be doing so that I can be out of it? You know, how do I find great people? I get a lot of those types of questions. I love talking about that stuff, but The thing that I get fewer questions on that I actually think is a lot more important is what should you even be outsourcing and delegating? So that's what I want to talk about today. So let's talk through some of the main issues. The first thing that I see people doing wrong is they're outsourcing the wrong things. I see a lot of people outsourcing busy work, things that they think they need to get off their plate that actually like just shouldn't, no one should be doing them at all. It's busy work. It's not important. It's not moving the needle. It's not critical. It's not mission critical for your business. And so you end up spending time training someone how to do it. You end up spending money paying them to do it for you. Actually, it's not moving the needle on your business. It's not getting you closer to your goals. It's maybe not even getting that much time back to you so that you can be more productive or that you can work less. So that that I see happening a lot. I also see people hiring or outsourcing and then refusing to relinquish control, which I get. I can totally resonate. This I'm like maybe even just putting in here as a reminder to myself, but this is a tough one. This really is a tough one for a lot of people, for a lot of business owners, and there are a lot of reasons for that. Sometimes you actually do think that you can do something real quick and that you can just do it. It'll be faster. It'll be easier if you just do it real quick. And That'll save you money. Just do it real quick. No big deal. You know, then you don't have to pay someone to do it. But eventually, you're going to have to give that up in the long term. That is not sustainable. It may be true that you can do something much faster this one time than it would take you to describe it to somebody else and have them do it for you this one time. Yeah, a lot of times that is true, but you're not looking at the bigger picture because eventually they are going to save you time because you should only need to train them in the beginning. You should only have to spend time getting them up to speed at the beginning. And that is going to take up front time. But then eventually, you don't have to do it at all. So it doesn't matter if it's real quick because you're not going to have to do it at all. Someone else is going to be doing it. It's going to save you time. It's also going to save you brain space. You're not going to have to think about it at all. No energy expended on that thing getting done. So I feel you on that one. The other thing that I see people doing on this is that they do genuinely think that they're the only person who can do it or do it well. And man, I totally relate to this. I hear you. But it's also BS most of the time, I'm sorry to say. Because you probably have a particular way to do it, and that's okay. Usually you can train people on how to do that over time your way. But also, I have been very pleasantly surprised in what happens almost every time that I relinquish control to my team they find better ways to do things. It may be not be, It's maybe not the exact same way that I would have done it, but given the freedom, given the autonomy, given the confidence, given the authority to look at it in their own way and come up with a better way and to do it how they would do it, almost always it ends up being better in the long term. So yes, it may be true that you can do it quicker in the moment and that only you know how to do it exactly how you want it done right now, But I invite you to rethink that for the long term, for the sake of your business and your time in the long term. So let's talk about the third issue that I see. This is that you hire someone, but then you don't actually use your time wisely. So the whole point of bringing someone on is to help you so that you can prioritize your time for the things that matter most, the things that you can only do the high value activities, the income producing activities. This looks different for every business owner. For you, it might be strategy. For me, it's definitely strategy. I want to spend as much time as I possibly can doing client strategy. That's what I'm optimizing for. I'm also optimizing for sales. I love doing sales, which if you would have told me that like five years ago, I would have said you were crazy because I did not think that I was a salesperson. I love doing my own sales calls. I love selling in the DMs. I love having sales conversations. I optimize for allowing me to do more of that because it works. It could be building your network. It could be finding referral partners. It could be doing visibility opportunities like podcast guesting, speaking events. It could be creating educational content, doing your podcast. Like, those are some of the things that I like to do. Whatever it is that only you can do, or that only you should be doing, or also that you enjoy, that's what we are trying to increase time-wise for you. We want you doing more of that stuff and less of literally everything else. So let's talk a little bit about the income producing activities. I feel like this gets brought up a decent amount. Most people know what that is. That's like sales calls. That's like, you know, whatever is going to actually produce income. And sometimes we spend time on a task that we enjoy or that we're good at or because we've always done it. But in reality, it's not a big driver in our income. I talked about this with someone recently because it just this is just like a really small example. We get in our heads about how we have to do things. We set these expectations up of how we have to do everything in our business, what things need to look like. Great example is freebies or educational content. I have a lot of freebies. Some of them are PDFs. Over time, I've figured out that it's actually kind of a waste for us to overly design our free content into like a PDF download when really it's more effective for our clients, our potential clients, the people who are downloading our free content. It's more effective for them if it comes in the form of a Google Doc. It's editable. They have access to it right then and there. They can customize it. They can actually interact with it. It would be less helpful and take more time to put it in a pretty format. So this is just one example of like how we kind of can trick ourselves into adding more tasks onto our plate that we think we have to do, but that aren't actually generating income. They're not actually required to happen in the business. Just one small example of that. So I'm saying this with much kindness and understanding because I get it. This also comes up a lot around just the things that we like to do. I like to spend lots of time in Canva. I could spend all day tweaking graphics and moving little boxes one millimeter to the right on every slide, or making sure, like playing around with the colors or changing the phone. like, I love that shit. I could do it all day. Is it an income generating activity in my business? No, it's not. That doesn't mean I can't ever do it. But it does mean that once you can train yourself into asking that question as a frame to shift your perspective in the moment of like, okay, is what I'm, is what I'm working on right now an income producing activity? Is this something only I can do? Is this going to move the needle in my business? If the answer is no, doesn't mean you have to stop. Maybe you're doing it for fun. I find tweaking Canva graphics to be kind of relaxing. Maybe I'm doing it for fun. Maybe I don't have anything else to do at that moment and that sounds fun for me. That's okay. But if you have other pressing stuff that you need to be doing, just stop. Just stop doing that thing. Stop doing it. Even if it's fun, stop doing it and go focus your time on other stuff, especially if you're in a situation where you feel like you have too much on your plate and not enough time to get it done. So that's a great frame to use. And I get it. But sometimes I'm in a situation where it's okay to do it other times it's like, yeah, actually, this doesn't matter. (laughs) The fact that this arrow is blue and not black does not matter. I have other things that I need to go spend time on that are actually going to, you know, move the needle for my clients, move the needle on my own sales, whatever it is. Okay. Last thing, last issue that I see. You don't hire help at all. And this is bad and this is super common and I get it because it's overwhelming. It's intimidating to bring on support, especially if you've dabbled in it and it hasn't worked out, which happens. Lots of people get burned in the online space. They get burned by coaches. They get burned by service providers. It happens. And sometimes it happens because someone doesn't have your best intention at heart. Sometimes it happens because they just are doing things for you that you think you need, but you don't actually need it. And then it ends up being a waste. And so there's all kinds of reasons why outsourcing cannot work out but I don't want that to stop you from hiring help at all. There's all kinds of reasons that would stop you or have you delay asking for help or hiring help. Sometimes we think that we have to have everything dialed in and buttoned up before we finally bring on that one person to help us. No, don't do that. I don't want you to delay getting help when you need it. And usually it's gonna help you actually a little bit more if you realize that you need help A little bit before you get to the point where you really need the help. So, we don't want you to continue hustling until the point of burnout. We want you to get ahead of it a little bit. Eventually, in your business, if you haven't already, you are going to have to outsource some things. You can't do it all forever. So, this is where doing some planning, having some big picture context, knowing what you're actually working on, knowing what's going to move the needle in your business is really important because you can make sure you're outsourcing the things that are actually going to help you get closer to your goals instead of analyzing everything, overanalyzing everything, thinking you need it all, you need to do it all. We just need to get really clear on priorities and get really clear on what you need to be doing in your business so that you can outsource effectively. So here's what I want you to do. Quick rundown. Four things I want you to do. First, I want you to examine your tasks and responsibilities by making a list of everything that you spend time on, and what type of task it is, how much time you're spending on it. This is not going to be fun. I'm sorry. This is going to suck. No one wants to track their time, especially CEOs, especially business owners. So you're not going to want to do this, but you've got to do it. And all you're going to have to do is write down everything that you're spending time on. Easy. I know. Ideally for a week, if you can do it for two weeks, fantastic. But really for a week, just jot down what are the tasks that you're working on? How much time are you spending on them? And then we're going to go back and we're going to analyze everything. We're going to bucket things into different categories. How much time are you spending on client work? How much time are you spending getting visible, expanding your network, your visibility? This is external marketing, getting new eyeballs on you. How much time are you spending doing that? How much time are you spending on admin work? So behind the scenes stuff, it's gotta get done. How much time are you spending on your CEO tasks? This is stuff that only you can do. You're the expert in your business. How much time are you spending on your business? Thinking through how you're doing things, why you're doing things, setting your goals, creating your educational content, those types of stuff, those types of things. So, examine your tasks and your responsibility, how you're spending time in your business. Then, I'm going to have you actually track your time, which I kind of already alluded to, skipped a step there, sorry. First step is to just write it all out the actual tasks, what you're doing. And ideally, you do this ahead of time, like have kind of like a menu of stuff that you've done. Then step two, go through and actually track your time in each of those areas, add new stuff that you didn't even realize you were doing. Oh, you didn't know that you were scrolling Instagram for inspiration for three hours a week? Well, we're gonna wanna write that down so we know. This is, again, the hard part. This is the part that no one wants to do, but this is the most enlightening part so we can actually see how much we're working and what we are doing with that time. Then I want you to analyze your tasks. I want you to think through A couple of different things to assess how you are spending time on those different tasks. So, I want you to think about how much time it takes you. Is it quick? Does it take a lot of time? Are you great at it? Are you terrible at it? Do you love to do it? Do you hate to do it? Is it easy to outsource or is it difficult to outsource? So, again, this is the stuff, this is going to be really enlightening if you're thinking through, okay, I spent five hours on this thing. Actually, that would be really hard for me to outsource because. It kind of requires me to do it. So like think about producing content for your podcast. Okay, you spent five hours a week on it, but you can't outsource it to anyone. So we're gonna prioritize that as something for you to do, not as something that we wanna outsource. And then the last thing, easiest step is just to celebrate because this is some hard shit and really no one wants to do this. So if you do those three things, write out all the things you're doing in your business, track your time on them and then analyze if you like them how much time it takes you, if only you can do it, those types of things, you're going to have done something that pretty much no one else has done. Not very many people have done. Very enlightening. And that's it. It's that easy. Once you have that clarity, then you'll be ready to outsource because you'll know exactly what you need to outsource, what's going to move the needle, what's easy for someone else to do for you. Very important first step. I do have a spreadsheet and some resources for this. We have a course called Simplify, Systematize, and Scale. It's just a mini course. Walks through all these different steps that I just went through. It's got a spreadsheet in there so you can like actually put your tasks in there and rank everything. I'll drop that in the show notes. Go check it out. And then of course, as usual, if you have any questions, come chat with me on Instagram. I'm happy to help. Hope this was helpful. I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Easy Scaling Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And if you send me a screenshot of that review, I will send you my 90-day planning formula. This is the same process that I use with all of my multiple six-figure clients to help them get organized, be more efficient, and scale faster.